Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are about to have some fun. We are going to do um, change it up a little bit. We're going to do the 2020 Mid-Year Oscars. Um, we've got a full panel tonight, which I'm very, very excited about. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jacob. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. So on today's show, before I introduce who's on the panel, I came up with an idea um, that we could have a best best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, best supporting actress, best supporting actor. We're going to have six names in a hat. I'm going to draw a name out of the hat. That person's going to pick one person in that particular category. They're not going to be able to pick again first, but the second person will be able to pick. Once I pull their name, they cannot pick the same person that was before them. They would have to pick somebody different until our entire nominee list is full. The second twist, as you know, there's six people on the show. So the sixth person that has not picked somebody in the category will get to pick the winner of that category. So if for some strange reason, Elizabeth Moss for Elizabeth Man, uh, Invisible Man wins, I will quit the podcast in the middle of the episode. But other than that, guys, I'm excited for this show. Uh, on the show this week, we have from Cinemania World Podcast. Hi, Hannah. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm excited about this. Um, it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. And I'm sure it's going to get messed up at some point, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> from uh, Film Optics Podcast, we have Christian. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. And first time guest to the panel, we have Kenzie. How are you today? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm excited to have you on the panel. First time on the show. So it's, it's, it's amazing. And from Kobe told me podcasts. I mean, obviously we've got Kobe. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Kobe Mac and I'm glad to be back. Glad to still be black. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I just, I just want to have a 10th of that career. Um, at any point in any given day, man. I love it. I'm going to bottle um, this shit up and sell it. You probably should, man. You'd be rich. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, I'm going to pick a name. Uh, let me get my supporting actress. That's with everybody, supporting actress. I had everybody's name here. I'm going to pull a name. Okay. Hang on. Let's just see here. Opening name. So, who gets to pick first? Wow, I folded these up a little too hard here, guys. Hang on. All right, Jacob, you get first pick in the Best Supporting Actress, which means you cannot pick first for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. So you start us off with who your Best Supporting Actress is. Um, so my Best Supporting Actress is actually going to be Allison Janney from Bad Education. Um, I think she, you know, everyone's talking about Hugh Jackman from that movie, and I think she delivers just as good of a performance, especially the moment when she has to tell her whole family kind of everything she's done. So that's who I've got for my Best Supporting Actress. Coming in next, we have Hannah. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marissa Tomei for The King of Staten Island. She's just so great in that movie. Uh I, I love her performance and I love the and just like the writing and her performance together is so good. Like just it it's it's hard to do like mom in a movie, like the like hard mom, like the stern mom in a movie and not be like be annoying and like be likable and she pulls it off perfectly. So next up, Colby. Ah, good. Um a <laughs> little bit tougher category, especially yeah. what I've got a chance to watch, but I'm gonna go with Niecy Nash in Prentice Penny's Uncorked. Debuted on Netflix. Um, it's probably her, one of her most vulnerable roles. 
she found an amazing balance of still keeping the comedy that we know her from, from her Reno 911 days, but then had like this authentic realness and battling a terminal illness. And I thought it was great. It's her best performance on screen that she's ever done. So yeah, Niecy Nash for Uncork. Uh, such an underrated film that's come out this year. Very, very underrated film. I love that film a whole lot. And actually, I just pulled my name. Um, so actually, my number one is Katrina Morland from The Whistlers. Actually, my number one. Um, I saw that film in, actually, I saw a screener of it, but uh, I saw that film in like February or something like that. And I absolutely loved her performance in it. The film's awesome as well. But that is who my pick is. All right, moving on. Let's see here. Who's going to pick last? It is Christian. All right, I've been wrestling with this for a while. Kenzie uh, gets to pick the first winner. First time on the show gets to pick the oh, first winner. Like well, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Hillary Swank from The Hunts. Um, I thought she did a <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while. Because oh, it's it's a fun hard. choice. Fun it choice. is. <laughs> it took me a while to come up with an actual supporting actress list because I mean I haven't like I've watched around maybe twenty two new movies this year and I mean this the, the supporting actress in my category is just it's it's been lacking. So I mean it was either that or Michelle Dockery and I mean She's barely in the gentleman. So I'm going with, uh, yeah, I'm going with Hillary Slink. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Kenzie, you've heard the five nominees. Um, who is going to win the category? I just want to shout out one person, uh, Miranda Bates, or <laughs> Miranda Hart. She plays Miss Bates and Emma. She's so good, and nobody named her, and it's really upsetting. See, I um, I, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen Emma, so that's, that's oh my my Emma's awesome. It's I loved so it. So cute. Yeah. I loved it. Um I'm gonna go with Marissa Tomei. I love Sorry. it. All right, so Marissa Tomei is our <laughs> mid-year uh best supporting actress. <laughs> yeah, we do. If every if every one of these is if is King of Satin Island, I'd be very happy. Um <laughs> All right, so Jacob, you can't pick first this round, so we're gonna throw your name back out of the hat here. Oh, oh God, I dropped one on the ground. That's not good. Cheater. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I folded him up so damn strong again. Okay, all right. Everybody's gonna think I'm cheating, but I picked my name, which I'm not very happy with. Um, so my best support, well, actually my best support, this one's easy. My best supporting actor on the year is, um, this, is a, this is hard. Um, shit. Feel like oh. you're gonna take mine. Supporting actor. <laughs> Supporting actor on the year is going to be um it's gonna be Bill Burr for the King yep, of Island. That's what I thought he was gonna say. Um it's it's between two one other person and I'm sure he'll be he'll be talked about in just a second. So um yeah. Oh man, why did I get supporting? This is awful. <laughs> Sorry. I'll get to pick something else as a winner. Uh, Hannah, you are up next, which <laughs> Okay. So I I just want to uh, shout out Colin Farrell for the gentleman. He is so funny in it, and I just wanted to give him a quick shout out for that. But my choice is Pete Davidson in Big Time Adolescence. He is just so charismatic and so funny, and I think that the conversation uh, held between Zeke and Mo at the end of the film 
and just Pete Davidson just I guess like this radiating radiating this kind of like big brother energy and just like the chemistry between them is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen like him saying like I love you fucking idiot and just oh, bring him in for a hug it's so good uh so yeah I love I love big time that, that was the, that was where my struggle was my struggle was between Pete and Bill Burr um <laughs> Kenzie you're up next okay um it could be recency bias because I just finished it, but Dan Stevens and Eurovision is who I watched the entire movie. This so good. Oh, that was awesome. So, I still haven't got around to seeing it. I'm, I'm, I'm I just, it good stuff. It's totally worth watching, but he's so good in it. Hmm. So I'm going to hmm. throw him some love. But. Kobe. Oh. Actually, I'm surprised that I have so many options still available. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey. He's going to pick Jim Carrey for Sonic. <laughs> That's <laughs> Definitely not. No, I, I honestly, I'm trying to think of like, like supporting performances that I don't – the one that's at the top, I am torn if it's a lead performance because he has so much screen time, but the film really isn't about him. But I'm going to go with the one that like truly is a supporting performance and I think is like one of the ones like I just remember from this year. And it is Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Roman Sionis, a.k.a. Black Mask. <laughs> Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Um, I just, I, I thought that what he did making that character that is rich in history, his own, his affectations, just as much of the physical performance and as manic and as like depraved like that character was, I love what Ewan brought on screen. Um, it was really, really believable. Like I truly thought that he was just this sick, twisted, like deeply insecure man and was using all of that to justify how shitty of a human being he was. Um, so yeah, that's my pick. I like that table scene with him. Oh my god. Oh my, so like, that, like that's that's that that's the Oscar real scene, is that right there. Bam. Mm -hmm. Jacob. So for mine, um, you know, I, I have the same. With this. I, I don't know. I have the same issue with Colby, where I feel like this could be a lead, it could be supporting. But since the movie isn't about him, I'm going to go with this, and I'm actually going to go Nick Kroll from Olympic Dreams. Oh, um, I want to see that so bad. I yeah, I watched that. That's one I watched a few months ago, probably towards the beginning of the year, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the greatest movie, but Nick Kroll is. He's incredible in it. He plays a dentist. Uh, it's something that you've, we've never seen from Nick Kroll and just that kind of romance and just finding finding love and friendship. It really reminded me of like Lost in Translation set at the Olympics. And uh, that's who I'm going right. to go with is uh, Nick Kroll. Christian, you get to pick the winner. Ooh, mm, this is interesting. I'm going to go with... Um, Mr. Pete Davidson, the big Pineapple <laughs> Because I love that movie so much. I love Pete Davidson. Okay. If you haven't watched it, you definitely watch King of Staten Island, anyone out there listening. So, yeah. Christian, you had like a really good chance to like. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so before we move on, friend, I was very, very important. Any of the others. Okay. I want to know your other one. Yeah, if I would have nominated. Um, oh my fucking <laughs> <laughs> Hugh. Yeah, Hugh Grant? 
There we go. Yeah. Fuck. Why <laughs> you grant from the gentleman, but like I was so torn if that's a leading performance because like he takes up so much of the screen time. Yeah. Or if yeah, it was I, I thought Colin Farrell was more like I thought Colin Farrell was more like the supporting than he. And like, I was I thinking Grant. so. Yeah. Colin yeah. Farrell was like my number. Like he was he was lower in the rung, and I just thought that like Roman was like a stronger. Like don't worry, I love what Colin Farrell brought in that film. Like it was really really great. Yeah. Um. Yo, I love that music video. Books in a book. Yo, it's a really great music video. <laughs> it really, <laughs> is. I love it. really is. Yeah, but like, I like, I but I love what Hugh Grant did all through. Play a game with me, right, man? Like, it's, it was, right, man. It was so good. But everyone yeah. in that movie is so good. Yeah. One thing. No one said Jonathan Majors from The Five Bloods. Yeah, and that's the one who I thought from The Five Bloods, and I thought that last second. You know, you know, you know what, you know what, you know, the reason why I did not is that he had such a stronger supporting performance in last black man in San Francisco. And it yeah. pales in comparison. Like I cannot compare like that supporting performance versus what he did in the five bloods. Like there was not, in my opinion, there was not enough there. Like that really like, like he didn't elevate the movie for me because it was so much on Delroy. Yep. So like he, he was great with what he was like, with what he was given to do. I just like, if I'm looking for like it, Jonathan Majors, his bar was set so high yeah. with Last Black Man that I'm like, I just didn't even consider it. Yeah, I completely understand. Whoever that. gets leading it for actor, uh, <laughs> they're going to get the pick that we all want. <laughs> I feel like the universe is going to give it to me. Let's see. All right. So, so we're going to do actress now. And our first pick is Kenzie. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> this is so annoying though this is the one i have like 30 people written down um okay, nice. i'm definitely gonna go with Haley bennett from swallow yes wow. i love that movie so much it was like the you. first thing i watched when my quarantine started but she's so good in it i just felt so like in her and i couldn't stop looking at her and i felt everything she was feeling and i kind of understood why she was doing it even when i didn't want her to do anything she was doing i was just right there with her and that was definitely because of Haley bennett god that's my number one hands down not even like it's it's her above the rest it's that's it's so good god i love swallow so much all right uh christian <laughs> Yep, that sounds about as weird as uh, <laughs> yeah. uh Christian, um, you're up next. I'm going I'm I'm gonna go with um Margot Robbie in Friends of Prey. Nice. Um I can't like I, I like the film. It's definitely a middle of the road DC film for me, but um of course we all know Margot Robbie is uh Harley Quinn. She she, she is she 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 is a character, you know. She she brings everything that she needs to she she embodies a character in every way shape and form that she can so that's my pick all right next up is all right i just want to be able to win this category so that i could pick jacob you're up (laughs) um see i've got a few that i could go but with kenzie going dan stevens i have to go rachel mcadams from uh eurovision she is she's not only is she hilarious she brings so much emotion to the film to where i just wasn't expecting it at all. And it really kind of proves, you know, that she is just an all around and she's one of probably one of the best actresses working today. She just gets roles like this, that she doesn't get to fully like expand on her, uh, on what she can do. And she tried to do as much as she could. And it was, it was great. Um, sadly she wasn't singing the songs, but you know, 
I would have made it all the more. Oh, so she basically again. she Bohemian Rhapsody did. Okay, got yeah, it. and he won an Oscar, so no. I can't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We like to forget that. We don't like to remember that thing on this podcast. So um, don't we'll say when we'll you sing, saying you don't win. So she she picked the right one. All right. So I pulled my name. Um, my number one was Haley Bennett, obviously. My number two is Eliza Scandalin from Baby what? Teeth. Um, Baby Teeth is a. Baby Teeth is a weird film, right? But in a good way. Um, I think when you watch it, especially as a parent, it is one of those um, films that really just kind of messes with you because you have to put yourself in the mind of the performances in that film. And I forgot to bring up, like, for supporting actor, Ben Mendelsohn in that film is remarkable. Um, he's in my He would be in my five um, because his performance is so good. Everybody in that film is so good. Um, but Scanlon is just, God, so gut-wrenching. Like, I, I really sat down. It was hard for me to pick between Scanlon and Bennett as my one and two, but it's like a, it's a strong one and a strong one, one B. But I loved her in that film so much. It's a remarkable film. It, it's, it's a weird film, but I think, Kobe, have you seen, you haven't seen it yet, Kobe? I've seen, the only one of that anybody's described that I've seen is Birds of Prey. <laughs> like, I just... I'm sorry, guys. Like I, I got a, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, such a, I got a, I've got a copy of, I've got a copy of Baby Teeth. I'll send it to you when we get off the air. Oh, look at that! I'm sorry. I've just been such an endorser of like the theater going experience. I have not really sat down to watch a lot of movies at home. I don't I'm just, it. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I've been yeah. catching up on TV. That's why I've been slacking. Yep. Hey, <laughs> same here. Same here. Except I will be going to uh, the drive-in tomorrow. So, uh, what are you going to see? I'm going to see uh, Irresistible. Oh, okay. Nice. Let me know how that is. I've heard. Emotion. Anybody here has seen Irresistible? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, there went that. <laughs> I know the motivation song. <laughs> Kobe, you are next, sir. Ah, I am. I, I'm. Su I'm very, very surprised. I guess, like, since like I ended my theater going experience with movies in middle of March, um, like I didn't. I wasn't able to tap into what you guys are doing. So, like, Elizabeth um, Moss is just sitting there, like, available, um, giving, like, you know, this would be the next successive year of. Great Oscar worthy horror film performances from a strong lead. We had it with Tony Collette, oh, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Hereditary. We obviously had it with Lupita Nyongo in Us, and now we're going to have it for a back to back to back year with Elizabeth <laughs> Moss in The Invisible Man. I mean, just a great performance, internalizing so much pain. And the way that, the, like, she was able to take how great the character was written from Lee Winnell. And then do like this really strong physical performance and absolutely just left us like terrified for her and her well-being. And she sold us the entire way. She was great. I watched the movie three times. It just, it, it, it it's so much fun and I will gladly uh, nominate and then um, uh, win. I, I expect to win. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So wait, have you seen Shirley? I have not. Is it streaming anywhere for free? Yes, Hulu. 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 It is on Hulu. Okay, this is the thing. You got to step up your like advertising game up. Like, I feel like unless you like are like on Hulu's like in my fifth ranked watching preference. Okay. Is she better in Shirley than she is in the Invisible Man? Yes. 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 All right. I'll let you. You know what? For y'all, I will watch Shirley this week. Cool. Watch Big Ten Our Lessons too. <laughs> oh, that shit's on there too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, before 
before we let uh, before we let Hannah obviously pick our winner here, I want to say that Invisible Man was a terrible film, and Elizabeth Moss was average in that film. And I'm glad I have somebody on this podcast with me right now that enjoys saying that just as much as I do. Kenzie, tell us your feelings about Invisible Man. Kenzie, before you go, we have just met. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, as I leave and I'll stand, my heart is breaking. Yeah. It's so bad. It's like, I don't understand. It's Did like, you watch it in the theater? I, it was the last thing I saw in the theater, unfortunately. Same. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. It was, it's so bad. And my husband doesn't like movies, but he went and saw it with me. And he went to the bathroom and was gone for like 30 minutes because he didn't want to keep watching it. So he sat outside on his phone because it's just laughable. When oh. they're in the kitchen and he like picks her up, why is he it's like, so good? No, terrible. The scene at the dinner table, it's no, awful. Yeah. The scene that's supposed Wait, to be so it, good, it's how terrible. How is the dinner table awful? It's so bad. The I, there's a thousand people around them. You're telling uh -huh. me that nobody would have saw okay, her? Okay, you, you can't suspend your belief a little bit. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. I'm, Not sorry. After the I'm sorry that we all go and see Marvel movies every fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more. I've got one more. Explain one more to me. When she hits the kid, hits the kid, when yeah. she's 10 feet away we from the kid. Okay, if you're sitting in a room with somebody, you're the only two people in the room, aren't you? Only two people in the room. Why and would you, you be 10 feet away from someone? No, they're not 10 feet apart. They were like three feet away. Hannah's mad. She looks down when when when, uh, when she feels Whoa. the hit. She's looking down. She's looking down when she no. feels it. If you're in a room with only one other person, what the fuck are you going to see? What did you bring up this time? She's... Ricky's about to know oh, how hard oh, she got hit. About that movie, though. Um, Aldous Hodge, his arms. Oh, they should have been in the supporting actor lineup. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's the only good thing. Aldous Hodge in that tank top. Yeah, and like even his button ups, they were like, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, love him. It was, <laughs> it was worth the price of admission. Best part of the movie. <laughs> Only good part of the movie. I enjoyed his arms too. Best part of the movie. Well, as long as you guys recognize that you're in the minority with that take, then I'm good. I'm okay with that. It was a terrible <laughs> film. I'm okay we dying on the road. Right. I like it. It's a very small one. Everybody here likes it except for us. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, I'm very oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Hannah gets not even one. It's not even one of my favorite movies of the year, but I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> it's because I love Lee Well, I guess Hannah gets to pick the winner, so here we go. Here goes this. Uh oh. Um, Margaret Robbie for. Oh, hey! I mean, that's what I'm talking about! I'm wearing the shirt. I gotta, I gotta recognize her and support her, so she's fucking amazing in the movie. She was better in Birds of Prey than Elizabeth Moss was in uh, Visible. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, I yeah. picked her. Yeah, we know that. But Elizabeth Moss still gave a good performance. I, I think Margot Robbie, I, I, I love both their performances, but I think I might give Margot Robbie the edge because she has a more physically demanding performance. Um, mm. Then uh, Elizabeth Mom, not saying that she doesn't have physical performance in the movie, but um, Margot Robbie definitely had a lot more to do. I swear, like, this is my last statement about uh, Invisible Man in this category. I literally could name 10 better performances this year than the one Invisible <laughs> Man. 10. Oh, I'm sorry. You've had 50 something movies this year. <laughs> it could have been the first oh, one. Okay, so wait a minute. Let me think. Julia Lily Dreyfus in Downhill, which is one of the worst films I've ever seen in theaters. I, I'd rather watch that perform. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go that far. <laughs> What? Downhill was terrible, though. Downhill was terrible. Downhill was really bad. I feel bad for a super average. I feel bad for my man Zach Woods. Oh man, you got over, <laughs> you got overrated Will Ferrell in it. So there's that. So <laughs> all right, so we're gonna move to best actor. Maybe this won't be as passionate here. Um, mm. All right, so wait, who went first last time? Wait, leading actor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, Kenzie yeah, went I, first. Yeah. Okay. So I can't. Pick, I picked Kenzie. So that was my bad. Hang on. She already picked first. Hannah. Um Okay, I, I, I want to shout out Anthony Mackie for the banker. The banker is a really bad movie and I didn't like it at all, but he's great in it. Um but my pick is um Pete Davidson for uh, the King of Staten Island. I thought you were going to go somewhere else for a second, and I was getting so confused. <laughs> what, what, what did you think I was going to say? I don't know. It just took you a long time to get Pete Davidson's <laughs> name out. No, I just I was like, is she I, thinking about it? I don't know, because there's more emotional performances of the year, so that's why I was like, maybe I'll pick someone else, uh, and I didn't want to take Colby's pick, because I know he wants <laughs> a certain person. So, yeah, uh, oh, Pete Davidson for King of Staten Island. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so I picked my name next. Uh, I'm going to skip my number two performance for the same reason Hannah skipped it as well in hopes that Kobe gets to pick it. And this is going to be terrible if we go through all five of these and he doesn't get picked. You know <laughs> and then Kobe's the picks the winner. And then this... Well, the and then I'm going to fucking eviscerate all of you for not... <laughs> 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 I'm you, saw, like, okay. Okay. you saw what happened with Hannah and Visible Man? That's what Kobe will be <laughs> like whenever... <laughs> all right, my pick's going to be Ben Affleck for The Way Back. Um, yeah, it, it's... Outside of my number one, which is actually Pete Davidson, and my number two, which will be remain nameless right this second, but uh, Ben Affleck's performance in that, I loved it so much because he embodied that role. That was him. That wasn't just the character. That was Ben Affleck. I feel like that was a redemption story for him, um, and that to me is what I love the most about it. That's what comes through. Ben Affleck, to me, he's not the best actor in the world, but we all know that he lives vicariously through the world of the media. And, he, you know, his talks about his alcoholism, and all that stuff and fighting through that. And I can't imagine, like for me, I can't imagine being an alcoholic and then taking on a role of being an alcoholic. You know what I mean? And then not just that, but you got to, you know, it, it can't be good for your health in my head. I, I, I'm not an actor, not, not, you know, but for me personally, I don't think that's something that would come easy. And he does a phenomenal job in, in The Way Back, which I, I really love that movie a lot, too. So. All right, next up, Colby. Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods. No um, way. <laughs> what? Hands down, 
just a soul-storing performance from a lead actor who's been underrated for most of his career. Yep. This man has been doing the damn thing on the small screen, the big screen shit on Broadway. And he's finally been able to step into a role on a big stage at a time that's like eerily like needed with this film, portraying a very multi-layered veteran who is dealing with PTSD, the ghosts of his past, and embroiled with so much emotional hurt. And Delroy finds a way to tap into like so much emotionality. It's it's like it's really hauntingly strong. And the time that he has to chew up the scenery and some of these like really just captivating monologues. I mean, you know, his, you know, that uh that right on monologue uh towards the end of the film where he puts his fists up at the end, like it still will bring me to tears every time I watched it. Um I've as an actor, I've studied it and just like his the decisions that he makes and how the way that the film was edited to really accentuate everything, I just thought it was beautiful. Like there's so many Oscar real moments that he has with his entire performance. And it is uh, definitely a very strong number one pick for me. That's the best yeah. performance of the year, hands down. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. The best I... lead actor performance. Thank you Anyone much. who puts him in supporting is idiot. Idiot. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I will say this, like I, I not to start shit, but, for those folks who just would automatically think of like that's a supporting performance, I want you to dig a little bit deeper at the possibility of why you think that. That's all I'll say. I don't disagree. It's crazy to me when I when I first started hearing about the film, everybody was like, you know, Del, he's he's a lock for a supporting, you know, supporting actor. He's a lock for a supporting actor. And you watch the film and you're like, why? I, I, he is that movie, right? He's the heartbeat of that film. Like, it blew my mind when I looked it up when I was writing my review. He's been acting for forty four years. 44 years. And and he's a recognizable face in so many different things that you don't yeah. realize. Until I started looking at his filmography, I remember seeing his face in so many different things. But when you watch, wow, he was in that? What, wow, he was in that? And and it, he was remarkable. He, he was, it, it just thinking about the performance gives you goosebumps. You know what I mean? It, I would love just to watch the film and literally just watch his performances. I wasn't as big on the film as everybody else was, but the message that film gives is something that you'll soon forget. And I think there's another thing that it does, and, and I'll get off my soapbox about the film, but a lot of people talk about the war, right? I don't know what it's like to be in a war. I've never been in a war. I've never served in the military, nor have I ever. But thinking back about that time frame and understanding that we had so many individuals fight for this country, right? And when they came back, you know, the, 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 the black people came back and were faced with all of that rhetoric it, it, it really hurts my heart to understand that it's it's been so long that has been going on. But, you know, people often talk about that flag. And for me, it's like, wow, like that's something different for me. It, it, it changed the way you look at things, especially in your right. It was a very real, very raw film, especially for this time. And it's really something that I think everybody should watch with an open mind. Whether you like the film or not, the message is strong. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, off of soapbox, guys. All right, Jacob, you're next. Uh, okay, so... All of mine have been taken, and for Ricky's sake, I don't want to say Will Ferrell for Eurovision. So <laughs> I'll just kick you off the show. I don't really care. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Orion Lee from First Cow. This might be a supporting performance. Um, I don't know. They just kind of seem like both leads to me. But he actually, I mean, from that movie, he was he did give a very solid performance, a very 
you know, real and out there performance and something that, you know, that's a movie where I saw it, you know, with Colby and Ricky earlier in the year. And Colby said the best thing I've said about it is it, it feels like an actual folk tale, um, you know, coming to life. And so that's who I'm going to go with, Orion Lee from First Cow. I did not. If you can get past the first hour of First Cow, you'll really, really like a good film. But after that, it's, um, it's, it's, it is something. All right. So, Christian, you are up next, sir. All right. So, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. So, it's from The Gentleman, but would Matthew McConaughey be the leading actor or would it be Hugh Grant? Because it's Hugh, kind of, Grant would be. Grant, Hugh Grant. Okay. Grant. Cause, yeah, because I was like, well, the story is about, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character. But yeah, but yeah so I, I, I would go with Hugh Grant from The Gentleman. I've watched this movie at least four times since it came out. And it's British gangsters. I'm a big, huge fanatic when it comes to uh, British movies, British TV, um, what have you. But, you know, Hugh Grant, he's kind of like that annoying little, like, fly in your ear the entire time. You know, he's just trying to get his money, blackmailing as many people as he can. But, yeah, I, I thought he did a... A jolly good time, like a great, <laughs> a great job. So yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant's my uh, my number one pick. All right, Kenzie, you get to pick our winner. Oh, obviously, there's no winner at all. Has to be Delroy Lindo. So there's no one else. I like I. It's, it's I, no competition. I, and watched his monologue towards the end, like the day after I finished the movie. I've just, I haven't seen anything like that this year, maybe last year. He's so captivating. And I just felt all of his anger and pain and like how far he had come to still be there. Hannah disappeared for me. I don't know if she disappeared. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's just so good. And I will argue for him until what is it now april 20th i don't know yeah, oh, whenever you? whenever it comes out whenever. Yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 we will we will not relent i will not let the talk die down now that there's been extra the two months like if we got to do this for a whole year and like i need to be the champion for delroy lindo i will not let this year affect this man from being able to get the award that he so richly deserves like, aside from that monologue the mind rope scene between him and his son like yeah. so good oh my god his ease. yeah that's what i was gonna say like everyone's gonna point to the monologues the oscar clips are gonna be the monologues but for me you know the scene when he's on the boat when the vietnamese oh man oh keeps like pushing him pushing him and he has his out and that was all improv that. like spike let that scene go on because this is this is the thing like i've heard people dissect it. it's like it just felt like you know the, the movie just goes on spike is waiting for like his performers to find something mm -hmm. and like it does go on and it feels uncomfortable, like even as an audience member. But like I loved how he's letting the characters dictate the story and not saying, like, oh, for the sake of time, for the sake of like, let's edit and chop this up. Like, no, this man is in a setting that he like tried to escape from, you know, you know, you know, 50 years ago, right? And is desperately trying to battle these demons that we don't discover till the end of the movie. And he's got this constant reminder of these forces that were trying to kill him, right? And he's been like dealing with all these labels and people, and this guy is just antagonizing, antagonizing him over fucking chicken. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it, oh my god! And just seeing it build up and build up and build up, and, and seeing how it started with the young boy begging for change, who like who, who was with the missing limb, like at the very beginning of at it, like very, it, yeah, 
you can see this man completely just unwinding slowly mm-hmm. and slowly, and then it let it build and build and build. And like I thought it was great. Oh, yeah, God. I thought that, you know, and then I thought. The, the, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say I thought when he, you know, when he sees Chadwick Boseman again, I thought that was just as an emotional oh, moment. Gosh. And then I thought his final his final moments on screen where he's you know digging his own grave and singing that tune that that hit me just as hard as anything else that that movie did. That was one of the most symbolic moments having everyone around him with guns and him singing uh, him singing that and digging his own grave. I mean that just hit me. Like everyone will point to the monologues, but I mm-hmm. it's not just his performance isn't oh, yeah. just the monologues. It's the, the crazy entirety thing, of Yeah, the that's film. the thing that's the thing that I was gonna say. The thing for me that's crazy for that role is when you watch an Oscar role, right? You have moments where it's like, all right, well that's just an okay he is on from the moment he is on the screen until the end of the film. There's not one moment in that film for me where I'm just like, all right, well, it's cool. You know, him himself, he is engulfed in that film and you are engulfed in his character from go. And it's amazing. And I don't think I could see anybody else doing like as good of a job as he did. Like, that's what I think of whenever I, whenever I see like yep. uh, mm-hmm. talk about like leading performances. I'm like, is there anyone else that like, could have done this? And it's like, absolutely not. This is like his role mm-hmm. completely. And just, I, like you were saying, like Spike Lee, he definitely like lets like everything burn in the movie. And I think that's like probably the best part about it is that it just, it feels like Spike's movie. And it feels like it's like, it truly is like a buildup, like a true buildup uh, to like that big moment at the end uh, of the film. And it's just, it's such an emotional journey. I love the movie so much. Yeah. Shout out to Hugh uh, Jack for not getting no love oh, yeah. for his performance yeah. of that. Yeah, shout out to that say, terrible film. I was going to say Hugh Jackman in Bad Education, but I already said Alice and Janney, so I didn't want to go back to the same one. I love Bad Education. I, do too. I, I really terrible hope that, terrible. Oh, man, I, 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 that people so. catch on to it. This is my thoughts about Bad Education before I go here. Um, bad Education was a lifetime li- lifestyle, lifetime style movie. That if you literally just take Hugh Jackman's okay in it to me, Janie's still Allison Janie's was the best part of that film, hands down. If you take them both out of it, it's just like the story is so just average. It, it's and it, yeah. to me, it didn't reinvent any will. It didn't reinvent any will. I we've seen that film before. That's my big thing. I've seen that movie before, and that's the big thing for me is it didn't offer anything different to the world. Um, and I'll move on because I know in the in the is what the difference is the writing. What? Corey Finley's writing, writing. That's the difference. Yeah, and it wasn't very good. Um, oh. <laughs> Christian, you are first for best director, which means Colby gets number one for the best picture. So, oh boy, um, let's go with. Hmm. I'm going to stick to my guns and go with Guy Ritchie for the gentleman. I mean, you know, I've I've already explained. I love this movie so much. Uh, another mention for me would be. Um, Kathy Ann for Birds of Prey, because I think she did a phenomenal job with that movie as well. So so bad. Um, Colby, <laughs> or sorry, yeah, Colby, you're next. All right, so best director. I mean, how can I not go Spike Lee, right? So uh, I, I thought you were thinking about it. I was like, are you talking about Spike Lee? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Spike Lee. I mean, it, it, he, he has... You know, as much praise as I give to Delroy Lindo, you know, it's 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 the casting and his the way that he builds its world. Um, I hate the description of like his film is messy. Um, it's his style. It's the, it, like he doesn't 
he doesn't bow to anyone else's conventions or standards. It's his. Like the way that he incorporates multiple, you know, different forms of media, this documentary style, and then also using like, you know, like um, obviously this, 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 you know, regular narrative story, then mixed in with the different frame rates of, you know, of, uh, of aspect ratio of like of the actual film and, you know, being able to go back and forth the choice, whether it was, you know, um, dictated by money or not to be able to use their actors at their age in these physical scenes where they're set in the past. Like that's just striking and like a very ballsy thing. And he's got, all of his spike isms completely on display. Like this, pretty much, he has going on inside the Five Bloods so much of like everything that he's learned as a filmmaker, and just like the uncanniness that this film comes at a time where it's absolutely vital uh, to the discussion and the fight that's going on with the civil arrest and social injustice in this country. Um, I, 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 it's you know one of my favorite movies of the year, and I just think it's beautiful. I think it's one of his strongest directing jobs, um, while noting like. The Black Clan, like Black Klansman, is a much stronger screenplay, but I feel like this is a better directed film than Black Klansman, personally. Kenzie, you're up. Oh, cool. Um, I'm gonna go with Josephine Decker for Shirley. I felt like I could feel and smell that movie, and I just felt so entranced by it. And I didn't really know anything about it. I just watched it because it had a stacked cast, and I was really into the idea of it. But I, when they were just reading the story at the very beginning, I just, I couldn't explain how connected I felt to it. And then when it cut back to them walking to her house, it was just so vivid and I loved it. I really liked that film a whole lot. Hannah, you're up. Oh man, um, I wanna I wanna talk about Spike Lee really quickly. Um, I know you mentioned that you don't like when people say like you know it's messy or whatever. I actually don't mind that because it is his style. Like you said, like when I think of the, it might be like a bad comparison, but I've said it before when I think of the Five Bloods, I think of It Chapter Two because I love the movie so much and I love the Five Bloods so much, and they're both like messy and incoherent and just like clunky and kind of all over the place. But they have just that like such like a strong like core message and it's so emotional and they just do so much like right and so much like you just you can feel so much love poured in the movie and it's completely like the director's like you know baby and it's it, it's the director's style and you know there's there's no shame in like being like well yeah director this director's style is kind of like messy and all over the place but like it's his style and that's what just like both of those movies I love so much about them um I just wanted to go, talk about that <laughs> and Spike Lee would be my first choice uh, but uh, I'm gonna hit Kathy on for uh, Birds of Prey because uh, hey. just like just like what I was saying before, like uh, you know, uh, it's their style, and it's their baby, and you can just feel like so much love poured into it. Same Birds of Prey. Um, it's you know, I haven't I've seen Kathy Ann's uh, movie previous to Birds of Prey, and both of her movies just like kind of uh, uh, exude this kind of like love and style and passion, and she just comes through uh, on the screen completely, and I, I love movies like that. So yeah. All right, uh, Jacob, you're next. Yeah, so um, of course Spike Lee would be my number one, but I, what I'll say is my number two, and he'll be up there for the entire year, is Judd Apatow for The King of Staten Island. I think The King of Staten Island is his most kind of mature movie that he's ever done, and it's his f most film that feels like an actual, like an actual movie. Whereas I feel like he finds a lot of drama within comedy he used this movie to find comedy within the real dramatic moments of the film. And I feel like he pulled great performances. Um, one of his top screenplays, I just think, 
he was he did such a great job um, in this movie. All right, so that leaves me to pick the winner. Um, hands down, my favorite film of the year is The King of Staten Island. Hands down. Um, I'm going to pick Judd Apatow for King of Staten Island. Um, for me, the direction in the film, it's, 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 I like The Five Bloods. I thought the direction's great. I do. I love it. I love the message. I love everything about it. Um, it it's, 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 I think he's actually, it's actually third on my list for director. I'm, I'm on my article, I'll publish an article this week. It's third. The other directorial, the other director I like a lot is Jason Orley from Big Time Adolescence. I thought the direction in that was fantastic as well. Um, my number one, my, my number one and number two film of the year, King of Staten Island, Big Time Adolescence, just spoiler alert, I guess. But for me, Judd Apatow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for me, uh, Judd Apatow in this was, was just remarkable. I love the King of Staten Island. I think the message is, is, is strong in it. Um, it, it showcases, it's personal for me. Um, it's very personal um, of a struggling kid without a father that just is, spends a lot of time trying to figure out who he was and, and the relationship between Bill Burr and Pete Davison is, is remarkable. Um, the way it comes full circle. I know there's Pete, I think Kobe hasn't seen it yet. Kobe, no, not yet. Okay, so I don't want to go too far. But their relationship is beautiful. Um, and the way that it comes full circle really is remarkable. Um, that film, it, it, it touched my soul. And that's what I like out of a film. And Apatow's, I just felt his direction was on point. Um, I, I think Apatow gets a lot of shit. Um, some of it obviously justifies, justifiably so. But for me, like, I love, um, I love like Funny People. Funny People is one of my favorite underrated films of all time. And it's a remarkable film, but King of Satin Island, I just love it. I think it's remarkable, and I think he did a great job with the direction in it. And it, I can't say enough good things about it. To be honest with you guys, um, Kobe, you get to kick us off for best best picture, man. Onward, baby. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> onward. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hot oh, take. no. Oh, no. Hot take onward. Here Hot take about Onward. It was terrible. Next. Uh, I love that. I saw that. <laughs> One of the strongest third acts in Pixar history. Yes. Uh, it's my yes. favorite Pixar third act, I think. Very strong. That's where it lost it. Well, that's not okay. Okay, I guess. I like throwing that out there. Um, can I say something? I want to say something because oh. I, I haven't got I haven't been able to talk about that third act. Um, the, <laughs> the way that it's directed and it's choosing because like obviously like when the movie is happening, you think it's gonna take the easy way out. You're gonna be able to see Ian like see his father for the first time and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you know we had that beautiful moment beforehand where um, Ian and uh, goes down like the checklist with that music. Uh, <laughs> and that's so beautiful uh then just like getting like to see um lose the names uh losing right now uh chris pratt's character uh yeah, just get yeah. to like there's no dialogue just the hug and like you see it through like the little perspective oh i will cry right now uh, i love <laughs> it so much mm -hmm. yeah yeah def def definitely shout outs to onward it's in it's in my top 10 films of 2020 but my number one film this year is the five bloods and what a best picture encompasses all the elements that come together to make a picture a picture. I mean, obviously, I already have Spike Lee as my favorite director this year with what he did in the film. Daryl Lindo with the favorite performance, what he did with inside of this film. The music in this film, balanced with the score, it's an ode to Marvin Gaye and his album. 
which speaks about the pointlessness of the Vietnam War and also the, the score that kind of goes with it. For some people, they feel like it doesn't match, but I think that's that unbridled chaos that Spike thinks about in his mind. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a bit manic himself, and I think like he try he puts that into his film, like that's his art. Ultimately, that's his goal, and as long as a director can accomplish their goal, who the are we to tell them that he's doing it the wrong way it's absolutely the right way because it's his way and balancing all of that with this rich world that is vibrant and feels so lived in i mean being able to feel like i'm being transported back in time to the late 60s and early 70s i i did not expect to get an action scene so we have this action scene mixed with the music and then the costumes and then seeing a side at vietnam that honestly up until this year i did not see vietnam from a different perspective like i've never heard of the vietnam war as the american war because yes. my selfish american ass just always think this about us and i love being able to be offered that perspective and the only other time that i've seen it from that perspective a little bit was inside of watchmen which is one of the blackest superhero shows ever right like I, i'm oh my god I put on my so, favorite hbo show it, it, it is it is phenomenal. Oh fuck! I didn't expect that pilot of the year. <laughs> Yo, but I just I I love this movie and everything that it does, and I think it is hitting on so many of those different elements. It is undeniable that it better be nominated for best picture, and it is my number one choice to win best picture. Kenzie, uh, I'm gonna go with Emma, the complete opposite of the five ones, but uh. <laughs> Um, I'm not really a Jane Austen fan. I know that sounds really bad, but I haven't really liked a lot of her novels. I don't really have a connection to her novels and I haven't really liked any adaptations of her movies, especially Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow. But this one, I saw it just to see it and it just like knocked me out. The whole movie looks like a painting. It's so beautiful and it's so warm, but not cheesy and I just, felt so much joy watching it. And I've never seen Anna Taylor Joy so cheerful or happy or <laughs> bubbly. And that was so nice and she's so good in it. And I just felt so entranced by it and I couldn't get enough of it. I was really sad when it ended. And that like, I just, the moment, when, has anyone seen it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I yeah. So when they dance, I like knew that was coming, but like, it was just so, I like teared up. The way it was shot was just so, oh, I loved it so much. And it's obviously not gonna get a Best Picture nomination, but <laughs> I, I will fight for it until- hey, what you it's, it's yours. It's your Best Picture <laughs> That scene it's that yours. you described was the best scene in the movie. I just wish it didn't happen in the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, where the where where was the back and forth between them at like you know the beginning of the second act? Yeah, I, I agree with him. There. I think their relationship is a little underdeveloped. I hate when movies do this, where it's like the main relationship that you're supposed to be rooting for, they give like absolutely no screen time to it. I'm like, how am I supposed to root for this? I liked it though, <laughs> you know, they're already going to end up together. So it was kind of nice to spend time with other people. For a guy world. who doesn't know the Jane Austen formulas, <laughs> I, was like, like, I have I no fucking clue what is going on here. I'm like, why is everybody dealing with this whiny little girl? Why does she have so much power to dictate people's lives? And I'm just like, I am bored. I'm like, oh, like, oh, so like they kind of, I guess they do like each other. Oh, the movie's over. Really? 
found out that clueless is emma i was like oh yeah. well you could have just did that because that movie was way better well played jacob you're next wait do i not get to pick a winner uh, I guess not, no so sorry i told your name well kenzie picked two winners so she it's got, like, all right, That's uh, right. Three. okay what? Write an article about it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> then I'm just going to go ahead and take the King of Staten Island um, for the same reasons. Same reason that I said before, um, you know, the maturity of the film kind of bringing in that comedy to support the drama. It's something different. Um, you know, it's a truly honest film. And like Ricky said, it's something that a lot of people can relate to just kind of that trying to find yourself and finding you know, what you're doing and uh, all of that. And I just, I, I really did love it. Thanks for taking my film, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is an easy one for me. Um, I mean, I'll literally just moved on to my next film, which is big time adolescence. Um, I said it, I said it once I said it before that to me, this is like Pete Davidson's year. I didn't even know Pete Davidson could act um, prior to January or February, or whatever. Whenever I saw Big Time Adolescence, um, I remember the reason I wanted to see Big Time Adolescence was Hannah. Like I, she saw it like I think like a week or two or whatever before it actually officially came out. I also, I, by the way, I also talked about it for like months. Uh, that is, that <laughs> after is also it came out of after it came out of. Well, we did a podcast too. Yeah. yeah. Sundance in 2019, this premiered, right? And I just heard about it. I just heard about it, just read a little thing about it, and I, like, attached myself to it. And I was like, I need this movie. And I literally tweeted Hulu for a month straight after they bought it, asking them when the release date was. So I... the, so we did a podcast <laughs> again. We did a podcast. Hannah and I did a podcast about big-time adolescence. And when we did, she said that, and I was like, all right, that's probably – no, she really did. I went and found the tweets where she <laughs> tweeted Hulu every yeah. – <laughs> It was phenomenal. If you just look up at movies and cats and Big Town Lessons, there's like tweets from a year ago. <laughs> it's it's remarkable. But Big Time Adolescence, that, that personal relationship between those two guys, it, it's Griffin Gluck and Pete Davison are remarkable together. Their chemistry is amazing. I love that film. Uh, it, a close, a close, a close second, or a close second for me is a film that nobody really talks about at all because everybody really hated it was Gretel and Hansel. Um, it's my third favorite film of the year. I love that film. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, I love good, it. It's, it's underrated. Exactly. Everybody it's hates pretty. that film. Or <laughs> just I, I think because they knew that it was not gonna lean into like a R-rated horror. Like it's 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 a really great PG 13 horror film. It knew how to skirt yeah. that line really, really well, like yep. much better than scary stories to tell in the dark. Like yeah. so much yeah. better. Like I love Gretel and Hansel so, 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 so much. But, I have a um, personal vendetta against Gretel and Hansel. Their <laughs> poster was disgusting, and we had a standee up in our uh, up in our auditorium. And seeing that girl eating that hair or whatever, when I got to throw that poster away, I destroyed – I took all my anger out on it. Did you burn it? Yeah. I threw – I was throwing scissors, knives at it. I was done with it. Christian, you're up. Best picture. All right. So I 
I'm actually going to go with King of Staten Island. As much as I nope, do love... Nope, King. nope. We can't pick, you can't pick King of Staten Island. Oh, that's right. Jacob oh, picked that's it. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, right. I will go with the gentleman. <laughs> hey. <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right. So, the five nominees are the Defy Bloods, Emma, King of Staten Island, Big Time Adolescence, and then, of course, the gentleman. Uh, Hannah, you get to pick your winner. Who is your – again, this is your choice, so you can pick whatever the hell you want. Who is your best picture of the year? Okay, listen, listen, listen. I, I want to – I was waiting. Listen, I was waiting to, like, be able to say mine because I had something lined up, but I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it, like, very quickly. Uh, my choice is Middle Ditch Schwartz for best picture, even though it's not a movie. <laughs> it is a series on Netflix. Um, it is hands down my favorite thing to come out of this year, uh, Law School Magic episode uh, specifically. Uh, but <laughs> as much as I want to say Big Ten Adolescence, I always talk about it whenever. Ah! Oh! This is Spencer! And the winner is La La Land! <laughs> oh. Well, what? oh, there she is. She's back. She's back. Is she back? Uh, is she coming? She, she's coming. She's, she's lotting. There we go. Hey! Okay, okay. So La La Land won, oh, right? No, wait, here. sorry. Just kidding. Get here. What? I can hear her. I can, can hear her. Can you hear me? We can all hear you, Hannah. No. Oh, no. Yeah, we can hear you. This is the wor this is the worst suspenseful ending of a best picture win. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is making for great radio right now. You can so talk. Talk. <laughs> You talk. No, you talk. English. <laughs> this is the greatest end of... <laughs> so this curious. is the most controversial thing to happen since... Uh, I just know. want her to say it. <laughs> yeah. She has to go. Oh, I don't know. While we're waiting. Wait, wait. <laughs> Hello. You good? Yes. 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 Everyone, everyone screams when black, and I all I could hear was like jumbles. <laughs> because you because you left, we gave the best picture to La La Land. So uh, you know, uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, when I think of the best picture winner, I always talk about it. Um, on whenever we do the Oscar shows, I think of what the most important movie is going to be, like years and years and years from now. Um, and even though it's like supposed to be like my choice, and it's not obviously like we're doing like these like real Oscars or anything like that. But I still want to follow that, and I'm going to say Defy Bloods because it's, <laughs> it is hands down the most important movie of the year, and it's one of the most important movies like I've ever seen. Uh, and I, like I said, I really love the movie, um, and I, yeah, <laughs> I just I, I believe in it. Like when when Oscars do come around, whenever the Oscars happen, I really do hope that it has a really solid chance at winning Best Picture. I'll, yes. I'm going to follow that up and say real quick that I really hope that I watch. He froze. Oh, no. What? You froze. You froze. I can. Uh, okay. I froze. Can you hear yeah. me? I don't know. Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Okay. You're back now. But. Uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> what did you say? That's like Nashville internet. Let me tell you. <laughs> Here, wait a minute. You're in that. I can I hear know. everybody talking. I can oh, hear everybody. My, my internet's terrible, trust me. They're, oh. I think mine's doing fine. I'm just outside of Nashville. <laughs> can everybody? No, not really. You're like breaking up. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is a great end of the show. Now we can hear you. Oh. Okay. okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is a great end of the show. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, too. Um, 
No, okay. So real quick around the table before we go, I obviously let everybody plug everything. But if ever does everybody have like their top movies of the year ready right in front of them? Top three movies? Yes, 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 yes. No? Top, top, what? What? top three. Three movies. Top yeah. three. Okay. Yes. Jacob, go first. Jacob, go first. Top three. Uh yeah. number one is the five bloods. Um you know, for someone, I've just, studied, just, 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 let's your three, let's your three, let's your three. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, Defy Blood's never be done in Kingston Island. There we go. Christian. Uh, it's going to be the gentleman, King, King. Oh, surprised by that. <laughs> wow. King, uh, King of Staten Island and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Good choice. Hannah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep a little edition Schwartz as my number one. Middle edition Schwartz, uh, Big Time Lessons and the King of Staten Island. Kobe. Yeah, uh, the Five Bloods, the Photograph, the Invisible Man. Kenzie, uh, the Five Bloods, Swallow, and Shirley. I like it. Mine is uh, actually mine. I've already said mine, obviously, but mine is King of Staten Island, Big Time Adolescence, and Gretel and Hansel. Uh, those are my three favorite films of the year so far. Do we have time for worst of the year? Oh yeah, hell yes, we do. Let's oh, talk about. Oh <laughs> yeah, let's. All right, let's do I three worst. Okay, three worst films of the year. Uh, we'll go backwards. Kenzie, do you have three worst films oh, of the year? Wait, no, come back to me. Okay, Kobe, you can go. <laughs> this was Kobe. Yeah. Someone needs to tell me what she's saying because I can't hear her. Okay, I'll tell she you. said come back to her. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, so three down to one. We're going to go with The Turning. Again, awful. Awful, awful, <laughs> awful movie. Like I, I get uh, number. It tried to be clever at the end, and it was like so bad, like even worse. The end. There's um, no ending. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's criminal what they tried to do with that ending. Like I, I was Apparently so. There's like a director's cut out there. So they're better fucking not be. <laughs> <laughs> they're really really better not. Maybe be. it has an ending. I yes. know Tyler was talking about second it. Second worst movie of the year is the remake to The Grudge. Just a pitiful, pitiful performance. I mean, like, it is all Chan. around. Bad, 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 bad movie. And then the absolute worst movie of the year, it is not Artemis Fowl, okay? It's not Artemis Fowl. I haven't even seen it is Tyler Perry's A Fall from Grace. I didn't even know he what? I didn't even know he came out of the movie. I, I, yeah, didn't even I, know I, stopped, I stopped watching this stuff. Yeah, it, it, is, it is absolutely bad, tragic. He shot the entire movie in five days. <laughs> five days. A feature-length film. In five Kobe, days. Show real, quick, real quick on that, Kobe, real quick. I I thought the concept of the film was solid. Mm -hmm. The concept. If it was shot some other way, like actual film, I think it would have been light years better. Because I thought the concept was solid. But otherwise... But concept, otherwise like, but like you said before, it's nothing we haven't seen. Like it's right, a, agreed, it's 100%. A kind of, it's a courtroom drama, but like it's oh, about yeah. like a situation we just don't care like we could see the twist coming from a mile away and it's got these shitty characters shitty like just the actual like objective components of filmmaking like a shit script like shit filmmaking practices like i don't even know what the fuck like they were using like dv cameras like i have no clue what they were doing and like you never i'm sorry like i've worked on sets to put actors and crew to try to do a feature like film in five days like you don't do that you, you just don't i'm sorry that's me criminal it is okay, like that, uh, irresponsible. Oh, sorry. Christian, three worst films of the year. Uh, I'm going to go with Spencer Confidential on Netflix. Oh, I'm God. also going to go with Extraction on Netflix. <laughs> because that movie was just, I mean, it was, oh, my God. It just, I wasn't a huge fan of Extraction. It was terrible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, like, one of the worst of the year, though, no. because, like, it's constantly shot and, like, it has some cool, like, scenes. 
I mean, yeah, 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 it, it has great action scenes. It's just the, the story was just not there. But, um, and like, then, did you go to it for the story, though? Like, <laughs> I was expecting a little something, but not a whole lot. I mean, but, we, we, we got a white savior movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually, and my third one's actually going to be The Hunt. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought it was. The supporting movie. actress. And. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's parts of it that I like, but I just, overall, I didn't, I thought it was, like, entirely too short, and, I mean, they, you know, they tried to build it up with this really big, controversial movie, and One, there really movie wasn't anything chopped, to talk That movie chopped up, there's an hour left of that movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, there's a whole other cut that they played, like, back in April of last year. I know. Yeah, like, it, and you could tell, like, it is, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck that movie, I'm sorry. Yeah, it just, just, I didn't really uh, care for it. Who was Hannah? Um, I'm gonna go with the grudge, uh, like Colby said. Poor John Cho. I feel so bad for John Cho because I wasted it for him because I love him so much. And I, I walked out with the last 30 minutes left after he died. I was like, bye. Um, <laughs> but half of it on Netflix. Um, I really want to like this movie. I was so excited to see it, but it writing is terrible. It is mm. bad. Um, it takes a lot of twists and turns. It's just, it's not, it's not good. Uh, no one's likable. It does the same thing that Sierra Burgess does. It's like it's like catfishing, but it's like worse even time this at this time around kind of because you're playing with people's like sexuality. Um, with a girl who you I don't want to watch this movie now. It's 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 a mess. It's a mess. It's really I it, I don't like thinking about it. I, same with Sierra Burgess. Um, and then the banker uh, with Anthony Mackie and Samuel Jackson on Apple Plus. This movie's trying to say a lot of things, um, and it just, it doesn't do it well. <laughs> oh my god, this movie made me Are you ready? Um, Was that three? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kenzie, are you ready for your three words? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Okay. Just the worst. And then- I missed that one. What was it? Sorry, Capone. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Next. Uh, yeah. Wait, what did she say? Capone. Capone. Oh, she can't hear me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So bad. Um, downhill. Downhill. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> and then I have to say it: The Invisible Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. What did she say? Somebody has the Invisible, the Invisible Man. Man. Invisible Man. Oh. Friendship over. And it just. I. I <laughs> okay, so the thing about it is, I've seen a lot of bad movies this year. Um, a lot. Um, a lot. Do not say Invisible Man is that bad. No, actually, Invisible Man's my 37th ranked film of the year. That's that's out of 53 right here. Actually, there should be more. Okay, so the three worst. Um, I'm gonna give some consolation prizes real quick. Okay, Downhill was already mentioned, so I'm not gonna talk about it. Uh, Fantasy Island, uh, absolutely did dog shit. Yes, dog shit. <laughs> Call of the Wild was terrible. Underwater was terrible. The one of the worst films I saw this year. And I really, really like Julia Gardner, but The Assistant is one of the worst really? films I have ever Come seen. On. It I is trash. Because it. well, it's this, it's not it's not a traditional like it's not a traditional narrative at all. Like it's it's really terrible. The script is poor. The it was 
the it's like an direction it's, it's, is bad. It's an experience film. It's it's not even it's there's not much story to it. There's no like there's no exactly. character development. There's no goal. Oh, that sounds anything. right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Call me by your name is my favorite movie. That's exactly what Call Me by Your Name is. <laughs> but Call Me by Your no, Name has great no, performances no, and it's a phenomenal <laughs> film. There's a, there's a huge difference. Uh, all right, glad, so a couple nobody, nobody mentioned Doolittle. Wow. Okay. Cool. I was I like Doolittle. 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 No one okay, so obviously I said no. <laughs> prior to prior to the other night, the worst film I saw this year was Downhill. I saw it in theaters. I really wanted to poke my eyes out. But the single worst film I saw this year um, was starring Mel Gibson. It's called The Force of Nature. Um, it is single-handedly. I wrote a review on it. Um, the review is not very long. It's just one picture and says, this is one of the worst movies of all time. That's literally my review for it. Um, it is um, terrible. Way, I, I only just saw the post like a few days ago. <laughs> I don't know why. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's awful. And it's everything you would expect it to be, but it's far worse than you thought it was going to be. Um, and it was mm. just, it was it was that bad. Uh, all right. So, Colby. Uh, planner. We love to see it. Um, I could add a little, I got a couple more in here. I could add Onward. I could add The Invisible Man. I could add that Dangerous Lies movie. Uh yeah, yeah. I, onward was not bad. That is terrible. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it. Okay, uh, Kobe, plug away. This. Compared to 2019, this first six months of 2020 has like far more bad movies <laughs> than yes, 2019. Yeah. Yes. My <laughs> bottom three is worse than anything I saw last year. Yeah. Wait, what? My bottom three is worse than anything I saw last oh. year. Yeah, man. Gosh, what is gosh. yours? I don't know. I had Medea. My bottom, my bottom three is Underwater, the movie where Kristen Stewart How wasn't allowed to wear clothes for any reason. With Vincent Castle. Uh, my number two is Like a Boss, one of the most unfunny movies I've ever seen. And my number one, Fantasy Island. Like a Boss is this year? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Underwater, I've never been as mad as I've in a movie as I was when uh, Underwater was playing. Really? <laughs> yeah, they when you've got people when you've got people dying on the seafloor and Kristen Stewart who wasn't allowed to wear clothes the entire movie for some reason I don't know but she goes in and she starts taking a shower while people are out on the seafloor dying from monsters. It's just it's it, it was aggravating to me. My review of the movie is literally just Kristen Stewart hot, and I don't like teaching her so. <laughs> Yes. I just want to remind everybody that that the fanatic came out last year, and so did Cats. Okay, those those came Cats? out last year. So did Matia Family Funeral. So Matia yeah, that... Family Funeral. <laughs> oh, and I forgot the Lion King came out last year as well. Thank you. Um, oh, I liked it. The worst. Did you just say you liked it? I liked it a lot. Yep. You did? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's let's do some plugs. Let's get out of here. Kobe, give us some plugs, man. 
Yo, once again, brother, thanks so much for having me on. I will be down to be able to do this anytime ever again that you need me. Yo, you can follow your boy. I'm available on all the socials at Kobe told me on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. I'm at Kobe Mac. When you're in, when I am in the mood to write, you can check out my words on my website, KobeTomi.com, and listen to me talk whenever I want to, however I want to, at the Kobe Told Me podcast. Available on all major podcast platforms. When they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe told me. I love it. I love that. I love it so much. Hannah? At Movies and Cats on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm something. I'm also on at Cinemania World Podcast um, all the time. I'm going to announce something in a few minutes here, too. Uh, Christian, give us some plugs, man. So, yeah, so you can uh, follow me or us, excuse me, at Film Optics. Optics is spelled O P T I X on Twitter. Find us on all major podcast platforms, um, as well as Instagram as well. And you can also follow me on my personal Twitter at Music City Nerd. Uh, Kenzie, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, just at Kenzvenunu. Kenzvenunu. <laughs> You know, I, so I'll be honest with you right quick. Uh, I was going to try to pronounce your name before the show. So how do you say your last name? Or the Vanunu? Like Vanunu. I did say it right, Jacob. Bless! Yep. Oh, I should have said it before. So mad. I hate when I do that. And, <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so quick thing. Obviously, um, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I like doing this just because um, I can. Because, I mean, this is partially my podcast. But I can say this real quick. Uh, Kenzie has an article that's going to go up on our website on Wednesday. Very, very excited to have her on board with us writing over there. Um, it's an amazing piece. Amazing, amazing piece. Um, Christian and the Film Optics Podcast will jump on over to the Drive-In Podcast Network. I like giving out these information because I don't know how many people actually get to the hour and 12-minute part of the show. Um, the Drive-In Podcast Network will launch on Wednesday with a bunch of podcasts, which will include from this lady right here. From this lady right here, she will have a podcast on the network. It's the Call Me By Your Commentary podcast. Um, I'm very, wow. very, 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 <laughs> very, very excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about the network. We've been working really hard about it. It's just a random idea. We'll have a podcast Wednesday about it. I'll have a launch about it. There's a whole big yeah, there's a whole big thing that's coming with the network. It's really, really great. I'm the unofficial <laughs> official hype man. Here we go. But uh, it launches on Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk more about it on Wednesday. I don't know if anybody else can hear me right now, but make sure to follow Jacob on Twitter at uh, tberry57. Give myself a follow at RickyFiller underscore. Give the show a follow at MCDI uh, pod. And head over to the musiccitydrivein.com. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.